This is episode 61 of the Christian Travelers Network. Today, we'll be exploring 10 Bible verses that talk about travel. Welcome to the Christian Travelers Network, where travel stories, community, and scripture combine. Hey, Christian Travelers. I'm so glad you're here. Today, I'm recording from my closet. I have recently gotten married, and we are in a one-bedroom apartment, so the best place to record is the closet. As we're kind of in this transition season, I thought it might be a good time to kind of go back to our roots. As you know, on the Christian Travelers Network, I often talk about how Faith and travel go hand in hand, and that is not limited to just the moments when we do mission trips. It's any time that we travel. If we go outside to get the mail, if we drive to work, if we go on vacation, if we go see a relative, all of those are opportunities for us to be applying faith and travel. But what does God actually say about travel? So today I thought I would share 10 of my favorite Bible verses about travel. Before I dive into that, though, I want to once again point you to our website, christiantravelers.net. There you'll find other faith and travel resources. You will also find links to our Instagram and Facebook group where we do a lot of amazing discussion Also, within that, I want to encourage you to subscribe to this podcast on your favorite listening platform so that you won't miss any of the other upcoming podcast episodes and resources. So, God created the world, and in doing so, he also created travel. But what does God actually say about travel? Well, I have 10 of my favorite Bible verses to share with you today. And some of them are Bible verses, some of them are just more stories, but all of them, either in NIV or ESV versions, mention the word travel. So the first one I want to bring to your attention is in Exodus chapter 13. The word travel appears in verse 21. This is the story when Moses leads the people out into the wilderness looking for the promised land. And during this whole time, they literally traveled following a pillar of cloud or a pillar of fire, depending on whether it was day or night, so that they knew where they were going. Now, I think it's important for us to note that in general, the Old Testament is filled, and even most of the New Testament, is filled with a much more nomadic culture. It is just a norm for people to travel um, and uproot their roots on a more regular basis. But at the same time, we still travel today, and so what we see here in this story is they have a literal example in front of them of God leading them through their journeys. Now, today we might not have a literal pillar going in front of us as we walk, but we could have that vision in the back of our mind, like we are to be following God. And sure, at any point, they could have turned around, they could have quit following that pillar. In fact, throughout their whole journey, they have these many moments where they really question God and they question if he's real and all of this. And they have a physical example that they can see and yet they're still struggling with this. And so essentially what we can take from this is that 
as travelers, as we journey in life, we have the opportunity to follow God or turn away. And in either circumstance, are we going to be living in a way that reflects who we're following? Are we taking our travel to the mindset that God is leading our footsteps? Now, I'm not to say that God, like, has one path that we must go down in life and, like, we need to be in fear that we're making the wrong decisions. I think any time that we make a decision um, that reflects what we know about God and is pleasing to him, uh, that's amazing, and he's all for that. Um, But it's just this mindset that rather than us just going about our days like he isn't there, if we could literally have this pillar in front of us day and night, how much differently would our travels look? Because like all these people around uh, them literally also saw this pillar and they couldn't deny it. And so we might not have a physical thing that people can see, but can we live in some way that other people indirectly see God? You know, they see him through the way that we travel and the way that we explore. The next one I have for us is from Numbers chapter 21. This is a continuation of them struggling to get to the promised land. And in verse 4, it talks about how they are traveling along and they have this bronze snake story. If you don't know the story, it's basically uh, they get so fed up with things, they quit looking to God. And so Uh, Moses has to take a bunch of their gold and make a snake out of it and put it up on a pole. And all these people are getting bit by snakes and um, they're going to die because they're venomous. And so they have to trust enough to quit looking down at their feet and look up at the pole. And if they look up at the pole and at the snake, they're putting their trust in God and therefore they don't die of the venom. Well... I sure hope you're not getting bit by snakes, but this is kind of a figurative thing of how are we looking to Christ in our day-to-day life. If uh, we are traveling and we're just looking at our feet and our own problems and we're so focused on that rather than looking to Christ, our trust isn't in the right place. And uh, people observe that when we are traveling so much in fear and anxiety, they see it. But when we're traveling in peace and calm, they also see that. And and sometimes that leads to questions like other travelers who are weary and and just kind of burn out and they don't know what to do. They'll go, they'll acknowledge you and they're like, how, how do you travel like that? And that is an opportunity to say, I look up, not to a gold snake, but I look up to Christ. And that's, that's how I have my hope and my guidance. And I know that things will go wrong because they do. And, and we're not denying that, but but we have something else that we can connect to. Okay, uh, next I have um, kind of a sadder verse. It is from Isaiah 33. Uh, In verse 8, it mentions, well, it says, The highways lie waste, the traveler ceases, covenants are broken, cities are despised, there is no regard for man. It continues, the land mourns and languishes, Lebanon is confounded and withered away, Sharon is like a desert, and Basham and Carmel shake off their leaves. Now, this whole chapter is titled, O Lord, Be Gracious to Us, and they're just complaining about how things are just kind of laying to waste. I think this is actually a verse that a lot of us can relate to right now because our travel has ceased and uh, people have turned against each other. We see that in just 
how hurt and anger is festering up in new ways, how social media is just blowing up over the pains that people are experiencing and they're feeling like there's no regard for the man. There's no regard for them as individuals and um, as people of different colors. And there's so much there that is hurting and aching. And they're crying out to God in Isaiah 33. Oh, Lord, be gracious to us. Don't forget us. If we act like travel is 100% perfect and that it comes at always the most awesome situations... I think we're kidding ourselves. Um, and sometimes when that gift of travel is taking away, the highways lay waste, the travel ceases, covenants are broken, cities are despised. Like when travel is taken away from us, it hurts. And we want God to be gracious to us. And and so I think there's a lot that could be unpacked there, but I feel that agony of travel's not perfect. And uh, we would be kidding ourselves if it wasn't otherwise. Okay, the next one I have for us is from Matthew 23. And um, this is actually another maybe not so amazing use of travel because I know it is a gift, but it can be used kind of in a sinful way. Verse 15 says, Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, you hypocrites! For you travel across the sea and land to make a single proselyte. And when he becomes a proselyte, you make him twice as much a child of hell as yourselves. In smaller words, it's basically saying that these scribes and Pharisees, these teachers of religion, have, they go out of their way. They travel intentionally to, to share what they believe to be true, their, their Jewish beliefs, and they they convince one person and then they like put all of the rules on him and they're super legalistic and they like make him so obsessive over this that like he's not a good witness and it just like is an ongoing domino effect of pain and heartache and not really a relationship with god but a relationship with law and rules now are we to rejoice over one single person who becomes a Christian when we travel and we get to have a conversation with them? Yes, absolutely, of course. But I think what we need to recognize here is our intentions. The scribes and the Pharisees' intentions was so poor and just um, resulting from just wanting to be seen as greater and better and like make someone else live in this perfect agony of rules versus uh, living in the joy of a relationship with God. And so we have to look at, okay, yeah, I want to go on a mission trip. Yeah, I want to go travel here or there. Yeah, I want to share the gospel with this person. But is our intention to, like, make them and mold them into us and have them, like, be in relationship with law? Or is it to offer healing and reconciliation and hope? Um, and so where is our intention for our travel coming from? Okay, the next one I have is from Acts 9, and this is, this uh, specifically verse 7 talks about travel, but this whole chapter is talking about the conversion of Saul. If you don't remember Saul, uh, later to be called Paul, Saul was a man who was really like super strong in his Jewish identity, and he sees these, these Christians coming about, and he just starts to like you're 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 a nuisance and so he's killing all of these christians and then one time on the road um he 
hears this voice and there's a blinding light and all of the people traveling along him say like they can hear it too and the voice says Saul Saul why are you persecuting me and he says who are you lord and he the the light replies i'm jesus whom you are persecuting and from there he gets scales on his eyes and he's like left to contemplate what is it that he's been traveling to do and i think travel um in this sense we can learn a lot about how christ can intervene during our travels and like teach us some really important life lessons but i think it's also while the story doesn't really focus on those he was traveling with, um, it's hard for those he was traveling with not to recognize, like, he made a huge conversion swap, and while they couldn't see what he saw, like, they could hear the voice, and it was just, like, this interesting moment. And so sometimes when we're traveling, we need to also take time to consider, like, the people around us are also witnessing us, and how um, we are exemplifying Christ and they're learning and observing more than we realize. So paying attention, like going on road trips with friends, that's a good thing. It's a great time to be demonstrating Christ and your relationship and like setting aside devotional time and, and doing things that aren't just there to like make you look like the perfect Christian. You can be real with them and be like, man, it is a struggle, but you can use this as an opportunity to be a witness. Okay, next I have um, from Acts 8, specifically verse 36. Uh, this is the story of the Unak. Um, th- what an Unak is is kind of a longer story, but basically this individual was traveling along reading the scriptures, and he read about baptism, and he's like, you know what, I believe. Like, what is keeping me from being baptized? And so... Um, in that moment when the disciples gets to baptize him and then the Holy Spirit actually carries that disciple off. Like there's only two stories, maybe three in the Bible where the Holy Spirit carries an individual away. And in this story that happens. So traveling is a great time to be spending time in the word, just like this Enoch did. And um, sometimes we don't credit the word and like actually reading something as being a way for someone to come to faith. But it, it is just as much a valued act as well. Okay, next I have Mark 1, specifically verse 39. Um, actually, I kind of want to clump these together. Mark 1, 39, Luke 8, verse 1, and 2 Corinthians 8. They all talk about travel, and it's usually related to uh, one of the apostles or to Jesus. And in all of these, we just see them traveling along, like in Mark Uh, Jesus travels through Galilee and he's preaching and casting out demons. In Luke 8, um, he's sharing parables as he travels along and proclaiming the good news. In uh, 2 Corinthians 8, we see that uh, Titus uh, is traveling, sent by the church uh, and kind of of his own accord to preach the gospel. And so there's just this sending message and like, Clearly, if Jesus was willing to travel around and, like, make relationships and and share a message, clearly we can too. Okay, and then I have saved my favorite travel Bible verse for last. Okay, maybe it's not per se my favorite, but I think it is still a pretty good story because it relates 
to teenage Jesus. In Luke chapter 2, specifically verse 44, um, we're talking about the travel of Jesus and his parents. And as they're traveling, they assume that Jesus is in the company of their relatives, but come nighttime, they find out, actually, no, he wasn't hanging out with all of his cousins. He was still back in Jerusalem. So they turn back around, they head back, and they find Jesus there. And so this is just like normal vacation travel. Like, how many times have you like thought that you were going this way to have to turn around and like go back, detours unexpectedly, or let's hope you haven't lost your kids, but maybe you have, or um, like forgotten a friend, like, or been the one left behind in a tour group. Like, there's so many stories of times when like travel just kind of went a little haywire. And yet, what was Jesus doing the whole time? He was teaching the religious leaders all about scripture, sharing more wisdom with them than a 12-year-old normally could, you know, because he's God. So, uh, this travel is messed up, but it's one that I think all of us can relate to, and maybe that's why I enjoy it so much, because it, it brings humor, it brings light, it brings uh, relation relatability to Jesus, like... Um, his parents got all upset with him about it and who has not been yelled at in the car for like, are we there yet? Or like, no, I want to stay in the store longer, like throwing little tantrums. Now, obviously Jesus is perfect and, uh, there's things that we can learn about him that like he wasn't willing to leave because he still had to teach others. Um, and he, he, he changed his plans being willing to, to adapt and we need to learn that too, but uh, there's just some bright humor in the fact that travel didn't even look perfect for his own family in the car, well, walking, but you know, it, it's something that I think that we can all admire. So I hope that these verses have given you some spoonfuls of thought, and hopefully now you will go back to those verses and read those chapters. Um, if you don't know where to begin, uh, first jump through my podcast, find the verses that I mentioned. I'll try and put list them all below in the description as well. And, and my advice is first read the verse, then try and find the surrounding context. So that's usually the verse before or after. Sometimes it's in a paragraph. Go ahead, read the paragraph. And then if you need more context clues, um, look for headings. Sometimes things are divided into chapters. Try and kind of bridge your way out ultimately know that each book of the Bible is written as basically an individual letter. And so the best way to understand something is to read a letter beginning to end. Like if someone wrote you a letter, you wouldn't just sit down and read, dear so-and-so, and then like three sentences and stop. You'd try and read through the whole thing until it ends so that you understand the whole story. So, um, if you don't have time for that, if that's not what you ha are interested in or able to do at the time, always start kind of with the main focus and kind of work your way out so that you have a better idea of what's going on. Um, and I hope that maybe this will inspire you to look for other mentions in scripture of travel. Uh, some ways that you can do that is go to BibleGateway.com, select whatever version of the scripture that you like to look to at, and then uh, in the search bar where it says keywords, Type in travel, type in journey, uh, type in different things, and then look at what God says about those things. But again, always remember to look at it 
in context because one verse can never stand alone. Uh, God's word is a whole story. So um, thank you guys so much for joining me today. I hope that you've enjoyed this episode. And until next time, safe travels and God bless.